Welcome to WrestleWolf. I am Dr. Damien Gibson. This is AEW Weekly. Uh, we, once again, do not have the Prince of Kayfabe, Matthew Kayfabe, with us. Um, he is on assignment. I don't know, that seems to be the lame thing that people say when someone's not available for, for a show. Um, he's very busy. He has a another life. Um creating kayfabe he's part of the kayfabe family and um you know kayfabe just doesn't appear out of nowhere it's not just thought up you know it's something that has to be manufactured it's an industry and um you know matt's a leader of that industry and so he can't always join us to talk about the wonderful world of aew kayfabe um let's get into it I've noticed the most downloaded episode of our podcast is one that goes for about 16 minutes. If you can work out which one it is, then you are the new captain of the Brother Friends. Um, let's go through this. I uh, I did speak to Matthew um, while we were both watching this episode. He watched it about 24 hours before I did. Um, and sort of sent me his thoughts, and, and then I was watching it sort of grumbling about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm trying to quit smoking. I, I didn't smoke for ages, and then I started again uh, after a breakup, and um, I've been trying to quit for the last week. Um, yeah, so... It's probably why I've been a little bit harsher on AEW <laughs> recently than maybe I should have been. But I still think that there are some... I still think that some of my criticisms are, are valid. I don't know if AEW right now, the last couple of weeks... And you could probably say three or four episodes of the last eight or so are, are similar in the sense of... I don't know if they're booking their best card. And that would be fine if the card that they were booking were telling stories that people were really interested in. Um, and I'm not. And I, I never, you know, I never signed up to be an AEW fanboy, even though I have kind of become one over time. Um, I want AEW to be the best product that it can be. And I just don't, I just don't want product, I hate that word. I want it to be the best wrestling show that it can, ba can, can be. And I just don't think it is. Let's go through this episode and, and I'll explain to you why. Hangman Page beats John Silver and the Dark Order want to be friends with Hangman Page. Um, I understand that the top of the card is always... There's, there's only ever really enough room for two at the very top of the card. Um, and it's Kenny Omega and John Moxley's turn at the moment. So you've got to do something with Hangman Page while he's he's not at the top of the card. Um, I don't know if he has any chemistry with John Silver. I know John Silver is the uh, bell of the BTE ball at the moment, and that's cool. I, I last week gave big props to John Silver and his promo work. This week we got to see him a little bit more in ring, and he can definitely wrestle. Um, I don't know if Adam Page... To me, it just feels like Adam Page is, is, is treading water in this storyline. I, I... You know... what? It seems to be a bit... Like, as much as 
as much as I like uh, storylines like The Dark Order, the way that it's been booked so far, it seems to be this kind of Bermuda Triangle of wrestlers. Uh, Brody Lee was the exalted one We that didn't work for him. We haven't seen him, you know, not only not with the Dark Order, but on air for weeks. Cole Cabana joined the Dark Order and has less of a presence now than he did beforehand, um, which is such a shame. Cole Cabana could be such a strong mid-carder and he's just... I mean, he's at the background of, of Dark Order promos right now. Uh, it just seems like a waste to me. And now we've got this, you know, will Hangman Page join the Dark Order? I don't know. <laughs> and if he does, it's it's terrible booking. Um, you know, the I could see maybe him joining and being a sort of emo leader um, of the... Dark Order, or they try and redo the storyline that they, I think they were going to do with Cole Cabana, where Hangman Page joins the Dark Order and has to eventually keeps butting heads with Brody Lee, and then they eventually have a a match for the leadership of the um the Dark Order. But I I think uh this would be cancerous to Hangman Page's career if he was to do anything other than just beat the Dark Order on a week-to-week basis. He, I would be putting, after Kenny Omega has a run with the belt, um, and obviously you got to do something with Hangman Page in the meantime, I would be putting all of my chips in on Adam Page. He, like, um, he is perfect. You know, he's a perfect face wrestler for now. Um, yeah, I know I probably come across as a little impatient, but I, I just think that the young talent that they have need to be pushed. You know, I, I will always mention Warhorse and Danhausen, and but I mean, there are people on the actual AEW roster who aren't. You know, John Silver's getting a push in this match. Good. Um, but you know, I see Brian Pillman Jr. in the crowd every week. What the fuck? You know, what's going on? (laughs) Um, you know, Ricky Starks is kind of sort of getting a push, you know, like anyway, um, this story needs to end as quickly as possible. Uh, TH2, uh, are getting a push and they beat top flight. I, uh, this is the second week in a row watching Top Flight. I'm not getting anything at all. Last week I said I wanted to be uh, mindful of how young they are. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just not feeling anything at all uh, with these guys. Um, I just They're like a baby SCU uh, as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of SCU, guess who is in the next match? Um, actually, just quickly, I'm I'm quite happy that TH2 are getting a push. And Matt uh, mentioned that um, was it last week? I can't remember which episodes I've done on my own and which ones I can't. But um, I seem to think Matt and I were there was some episode where we we're talking about how happy we were that TH2 were getting a push and. Um, it seems like they really are, so that's that's great. I'm very happy about that. Uh, JR has 
got to stop calling uh, people veterans. Um, you know, he he's calling TH2 veterans. You know, oh, Angelica is uh, a 13-year veteran, but doesn't mention the fact that he started wrestling when he was like 15 years old. So he's like 27, 28 years old. Calling people veterans doesn't put them over, Jim. Also, saying that people are from West Virginia when they're not, and then also pointing out that they're, you know, that they're positive, uh, you know, personality traits are because they're from that state of the United States, and then Tony has to go, oh, Jim, they're not from that state. And then you go, who cares? I do. I fucking care. You stupid old prick. Do your job properly or don't do it at all. Just stop getting it wrong. It's painful. It is painful for me to listen to. Um, just... And, and there's a part of me of like, am I going fucking crazy? You know, like, Matt doesn't seem to have the same... You know, he'll notice and be like, oh, it's annoying doesn't get as worked up as I do but I'm like surely if you're running the show you would be like and I understand that Tony Khan you know desperately doesn't want to be Vince McMahon but sometimes you've got to pull people up for not doing things properly um you know like I would be giving I would be putting top flight either back in dark or back in the indies for a long period of time until they can actually hit their spots properly. SCU were too old to hit their spots properly, and that was the fault. That was the problem with the next match. I mean, I, I'll be really real with you guys this next match. Um, after about two minutes, I fast-forward through it because I just don't care. Jericho and, and um, uh, Hager versus SCU, I could not care. And then when I stopped, it was like, oh, it's Scorpio Sky with a chair that makes nine guys run out of a ring. That does That's just not, it's just not believable. I mean, Scorpio Sky is the best thing in SEU by a long, long, long way. But I, I think him being part of SEU actually hurts him as far as I'm concerned. It just have him go out on his own. Um, this nepotism of uh you know the boys the boys getting favors has to stop if aw are ever ever going to be the number one wrestling promotion in the country they need to stop booking their mates just needs to happen you know i'm watching christopher daniels barely leapfrog over a chris jericho who's running at about 1.2 kilometers an hour when i can see brian pillman jr over their shoulders in the crowd watching this you know, I just, <laughs> it just annoyed the fuck out of me. And that, like, that's kind of how I felt about the whole first half of this show. Um, I was just like, oh God, it's starting to like, I just feel like the wrong decisions are being made of who's getting TV time and who's getting pushed and who isn't. Um, and I think the problem with this segment as well is that we're going to get more of it. Scorpius guy coming out, it's like, oh no, not an inner circle versus SCU thing. Um, you know, it might even be an SCU plus the Nightmare Family versus inner circle thing. Oh God. 
God. Um, you know, I mean, th- this is still ten times better than than what I witnessed at, uh, you know, Survivor Series last week. But it, but just because it's fine, that's not good enough. It needs to be really good. Um. Yeah, and this is a kind of a go home show. I mean, next next Dynamite's meant to be essentially a pay per view, um, and it didn't feel like that. Uh, next up, we have the contract signing between Omega and um, and uh, John Moxley Part Two. Uh, Kenny Omega did cut a promo right at the beginning of the show that was. A highlight was a massive highlight. Really great promo. And kind of came in and ru- he left and then came back and was like, oh, by the way, my dad could beat up your dad. Like, uh, no, no. You just, you cut the perfect promo and you ruined it with one sentence right at the end there. Um, but anyway, Kenny Omega is doing awesome work as a, as a heel at the moment. Um, just that last line pissed me off. This, I don't know, Moxley attacks Kenny Omega as Kenny Omega is coming out to the signing. And the only evidence that John Moxley has to go on here is that he walked up to Eddie Kingston earlier in the episode and Eddie Kingston was like, you know, it wasn't me, man. I got my own shit going on. Uh, and if it was me, I would come straight to your face. Blah, 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 blah. Um... Yeah, and so John Moxley just goes and attacks Kenny Omega on the word of Eddie Kingston. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. This segment was fine. It's John Moxley getting the upper hand back uh, and the momentum going into the pay-per-view in inverted commas. Um, things started to pick up a little bit from here in the second half of the show, I think. Uh, Sheeta and Anna Jay get a promo. We get an actual women's promo. Oh, there were actually two in this episode. There was a promo earlier um, with Nyla Rose and uh, Vicky Guerrero basically saying, um, you know, we broke your arm, Brandy. Ha, ha, And then, yeah, we had a promo before Sheeta and Anna Jay. Um this instantly made me care more about this match. It was a, a pretty good match. Uh, Sheeta got the win. And I don't mind Sheeta being built up as champion if there's story going around. You actually got to hear Sheeta speak in this promo. It was amazing. I was so happy. And then Abaddon. Fucking Abaddon. Yes. Fantastic. This is what I'm talking about. You have these characters... In the in your back pocket, these interesting, weird characters that are different, something different. Don't put on the same product as the competitor, because it's shit. We all know it's shit. That's why we're watching AEW. Do something different, and they are. Abaddon came out. She, there was blood pouring from her mouth. Uh, Sheeta looked really scared. She did a great job of playing her part. Abaddon picked up the women's title, licked it, left blood. 
stained all over the women's title. It was fantastic. This is, I mean, yes, this is the kind of bollocks that I love a lot more than Matthew does, but I just, if you were flicking through the channels and you flicked onto AEW Dynamite as Abaddon was crawling out onto the stage, you're not flicking to the next channel. You might not like it, but you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? It'll get your attention. I can't wait. I want. I can't wait to see more of this story. Um, we had a great promo from Team Taz, uh, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, and uh, Will Hobbs, sort of um, reply or having a rider reply after the uh, Tater Tate that Cody Rhodes and um, Taz had had earlier in the the night um trying to sort of recreate the pipe bomb <laughs> here taz is getting all his microphones cut off uh cody comes out they square off um and taz chokes out cody and then walks off with his uh with his son who's called hook pretty cool uh, i don't mind this i don't mind this i i think there is I think there's a tendency to have Taz um, get the majority of the spotlight with anything to do with Team Taz. And I'm cool with that as a viewer because I love him. Um, But I think we need to remember that the reason why this stable exists is to put Cage, Hobbs and Starks over. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there are matches coming out of this storyline tonight. Um, it's Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks versus Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen, I think. Um, so yeah, good match. Good story. I'm into it. Uh, and finally we have Butcher and the Blade get the win over the death triangle duo of Park and, uh, Ray Phoenix. Um, Good match. Really good match. I actually sent a message to Matt while I was watching it saying, Butcher and the Blade, the most improved wrestlers of 2020. And then I remembered Britt Baker existed. Uh, but they've got to be up there. Um, and they're, they're another, they're another um, tag team or, or duo of wrestlers, however you want to say it, that proved my point again. They're different. There's something unique about them. Um, they're not just guys who come out in little black shorts and black boots, shaved head, uh, you know, and do flips or do the, you know, the floor, the mat wrestling. Um, you're on TV, you know, it needs to be spectacular. It needs to be something that's going to hold people who aren't wrestling fans attention. Just has to be. Yeah, you have stuff on there for the wrestling fans, but there needs to be other stuff in there as well. If there's one thing, if there's one uh, lesson that you can take from Vince McMahon, it's that. Um, and throw out everything else. But but having having some, you know, showmanship and some th- things that are different, you know, um, people will watch that. Anyway, Eddie Kingston and uh, his gang 
Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny uh, beat down on Death Triangle. And then Lance Archer, who appears and uh, appears to be after Eddie Kingston. And this this is something that AEW do really well. And I'll give them big props, even though I've been really negative on this episode. Um, there was one line from Tony Schiavone where he was like, uh, Lance Archer's been unhappy with Eddie Kingston uh, since the Battle Royal match at Double, I think it was Double or Nothing. Um, remember, he's been in the crowd every week watching Eddie Kingston, which he has. There's just been these small cutaways. So every time Eddie Kingston's been out wrestling or on the mic or whatever, there's been a short, ever so short, cutaway to Jake the Snake and uh, and uh, Lance Archer in the crowd to the point where I'd sort of stopped noticing it. And then it just took one sentence from Tony Schiavone. Remember, remember we saw... Lance Archer in the crowd every week for the last six weeks. Well, that's why he's out here, here, now. Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. And then the whole storyline clicked and I was like, yeah, cool. Um, I don't know if this is a... But there seem to be elements of maybe a face turn for Eddie Kingston um, tonight. And then, I don't know. Lance Archer siding with Death Triangle kind of made me think, oh, maybe maybe he's turning face. Who knows? It'll probably all be grey. You know? In a world where everything is dark, all wrestling characters are grey. Um, I don't know. I just... I'll give... This will be my third go with Lance Archer. Maybe a program with Eddie Kingston will get me more interested. But I also thought that Park and Eddie Kingston were on the verge of something. So I'd much prefer that than Lance Archer. Uh, Overall, I'll be really honest. I think if Matt was on the show, he he would probably get me to up my rating from like "Eh," to pretty good. Um, But he's not here. So my rating is going to be... Um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't think they're putting on their best shows at the moment. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. I think that'll probably be an opportunity to, uh, turn things around. Um, I'm looking forward to the world championship match. Um, and then we'll go from there. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, if you are into what we're doing, you can follow us on social media. We are WrestleWolf on Facebook or at WrestleWolf on Facebook, at, Ros- at WrestleWolfPod on Twitter and Instagram. Our website is WrestleWolf.com and uh, you can email us at WrestleWolfPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, our Nitro episode will drop on Monday, uh, the latest episode of Nitro. Uh, and Matthew should be back uh, next week. Friday uh, for AW Weekly. All right. Thanks again. Till next week. Pepe is dead.